Welcome to the world of Pokémakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us... JD. And Alex. For some people, Pokémon are pets. Others use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokémon. And a world for them to inhabit. Last time we talked about the history branch, planning out what the gym challenge in Renshaw will look like. We also created the professor for that branch of the museum, Professor Cedar. Wild old man who's gonna climb the mountain! He's gonna climb the mountain! <laughs> And we created our quote-unquote Route 1 bird Pokemon, Hoopa, Hooperia, and Hoopreem, <laughs> based on Hoopos. Today, we're going to start talking about the science path of the museum. And for that, we're going to head over to Trainer's Choice. Okay, so we know this path is going to be more about completing the Pokedex, and Pokedex mm -hmm. completion will be a part of this, and reaching certain milestones in that, like getting 50 Pokemon caught and that mm -hmm. kind of thing, yeah. will be objectives to meet. And I think that's probably like the equivalent to gym badges? Yeah. More or less? Or maybe not? Yeah, I think for progressing the percentage of your Pokedex that's been filled out, you get minor rewards that don't necessarily progress the plot, mm. but I have something else in mind that may be a more concrete milestone tracker. Sure. When we had talked about the history path mm. and the gyms. We had talked about the gyms all being a mechanical theme. Yes. And we had talked about that this was going to be the type-themed section. Yeah, because it's how you classify Pokemon scientifically, like the biggest way for that really is types. Exactly. Recent games have been doing this thing. So, you know the mechanic that Pokemon uses of outbreaks. Yeah, so that's been a thing in Pokemon games for many generations, usually in the post-game, and like Pokemon Legends Arceus made that a much bigger thing. And I really like that concept for catching Pokemon. I think this path is essentially us bringing in a lot of similar things from Legends Arceus and making them more yes, mainline. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The idea is that for each of the types throughout the game, there will be a type-specific outbreak. Instead of a Pokemon-specific outbreak, it is just a weird little collection of water-type Pokemon suddenly appeared in this small area. And these are probably bigger outbreaks than typical. And there's a couple of different ways I could see that working. It could either be fixed points. We're probably going to make a city that's like Venice, for example. Whoa, in the canals of Venice, there's just an, a, an outbreak of water Pokemon. There's mm. just so many water Pokemon here right now. And maybe you have to go check it out and see what's going on. Oh, the way you've just phrased that, an outbreak within the city. I like this direction. It makes it feel like, oh, it's actually kind of a problem that's ongoing. Yes. And we have to step in and help. Yes. Oh, I like that angle. That's what I'm building up okay, to. Yeah. So these, they're sort of infestations. They're causing a problem. Yeah. People don't know why Pokemon in the world, normally it's fine. But when there's suddenly way more Pokemon than there should be, it starts causing problems. Mm -hmm. so, and in places they shouldn't be as exactly. well. Exactly. So, for example, there's a bunch of Pokemon in the canals of Venice no one can get anywhere. So, you are doing scientific research on Pokemon, so your professor sends you to go investigate what is causing these. And I haven't mm. quite figured out what the cause is. We'll workshop that. But as part of that you're also catching a lot of them. To and... help clean up the... Yeah. yeah. I could see it working kind of like the Safari Zone where yeah, you don't do battle, like thinking. battling you just throw Pokeballs essentially. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've got to bring in Legend Arceus, you don't have the battle, you can throw a Pokeball in the overworld. Yeah. But also, again, any given Pokemon you could battle, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, I like that. Or it's an auto-battle situation. Why not both? Or both. Why not a hybrid of that where yeah, exactly. you send out a lead Pokemon to go and battle some to And then, meanwhile, and... you're throwing Pokeballs left and right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quick-paced yes. because there are a lot of Pokemon and you want to get them quickly. And are we doing one for every type? We can talk about that. That's fair. Because that is a lot. Yeah. We've also just added two new types. We have. <laughs> so maybe not... 
maybe mm. we put some together. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about it in that angle. Rock and ground. Tandem types. Can be together. Mm. Or Another thing, while we're talking about them being kind of a problem in some of their locations. Mm -hmm. So yes, water Pokemon in canals makes sense that that could be a problem. But on the other hand, it could be that we're doing this as a problem for some of the Pokemon. That's for instance, also, yeah. Ice Pokemon in the volcano. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It yeah, could yeah. be that, oh no, these Pokemon need our help. Yeah, there's a few different ways that you could. There's a bunch we, of ways. I want to talk about that more after I get through more of the general layout because part of the mechanic is a timed element. Okay. Which again is like in Scarlet Violet with the Team Star yes. battles. It's... Although that time limit never mattered. Did anyone ever run out of time <laughs> in those? I hope not. Yeah. So it's a certain amount of time and you gotta get as many as you can. Mm. Or, 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 you arrive on the scene where there's all of these Pokemon of a specific type and a type specialist, a character, is also there. Mm -hmm. It is like, hey, a bunch of Pokemon of my type specialty, I came to check this out. I heard that this thing was happening. And they can challenge you to either, let's see who can catch the most Pokemon in this amount of time. Mm. Let's see if you can catch 50 Pokemon in this amount of time. Let's see who can catch the biggest Pokemon. Let's see who can catch the smallest. Let's see who can catch a shiny. Because I'm also thinking that these areas may have higher chances of shinies. Interesting. So it could be either a timed thing every time, or it could be some different variation of catch X thing. Because then I want it to get too boring. I think there still needs to be some kind of boss battle final to mm. these aspects. And there's a bunch of ways we can take that. Because like considering Starfall, you just have the one battle against the leader at the end. Mm -hmm. Or it could be something more like the varieties of large angry Pokemon that have shown up in recent generations. Titan mm. Pokemon, yeah, Alpha Pokemon, yeah, yeah. Nobles, that kind of thing. You could end up with a big battle against, whether it's a particularly large one or not, they could just be an actual battle against one specific one that gets stat boosts and stuff in the same yeah, way. Yeah, like the, an Alpha Pokemon. I think the Totem Pokemon are probably a bit close okay. to what I'm imagining. Sure, yeah. Because they like get stat boosts as a bonus just at the start of the battle. Sure, yeah, yeah. I like that. It's pulling from a bunch of different things that Pokemon has done before yeah. and implementing them into its own new way of playing the game. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of these, like Titan Pokemon and Alpha Pokemon in particular, a big part of how they have the challenge is they're way higher level than you expect them yeah. to be at this part of the game. Yeah. In Scarlet Violet, a part of the difference was that you had Arvin fighting alongside you. Yeah. So that could be this random character that shows up, like, I'm regular trainer, look at all these Pokemon, let's see who can catch the most, and then you together encounter this larger one. I think we don't really need to know exactly who's going to be at these outbreak events right now. Hmm. I think I'm more in favor, though, of having a character who fights alongside you against a Pokemon like a totem. You don't think that you also want to like race them before then? Mm. Because this is part of the catch as many Pokemon as possible. Yes. I think rather than that, it's more that you find the situation ongoing and you're helping other characters out. Say for instance, in a town, it can be you're helping out the town's mayor. Okay. Some bystander is like, ah, yeah, I so really like... need this canal cleaned up because I've got this shipment that needs to go out. Yeah. That... Um, I want to talk more about what is actually causing this. Okay. Is that something that you want to decide on right now? Because that's like plot stuff. It is. It is. I think we don't need to like nail it down entirely. Mm. But I think, yes, we need to identify there is a cause behind this. In the same way that Scarlet and Violet had the Titan Pokemon being caused just by their eating the Herba Mystica. Yeah. I think it's some kind of item that has called a collection of that type mm. there. And I think you collect them. Instead of gym badges, you have some oh. tangible thing that you're collecting to mark your progress. Interesting. It could be something like some kind of strange device that maybe the evil team has been working on and... So, it's time for some deep dive into Pokemon. Okay. Because I'm going to talk about a spin-off now. I struck something. Pokemon Ranger Shadows of Almia. Okay. The sequel to the original Pokemon.
Pokemon Ranger. I know nothing about this. Yeah, in Pokemon Ranger Shadows of Almia, the villainous team are Team Dim Sun. A big part of their plan is they use Giga Remo units, quoting Bulbapedia, their ability is to hypnotize and control the Pokemon in the area in which they are placed. Basically, just controlling wild Pokemon in the area and you have to destroy these Giga Remos as part of the game. They're not a specific number, it's just whenever they need an encounter, this is a big thing that's going on. And this feels kind of similar to that? Yeah, yeah. It's some kind of device that's... I like hypnotizing. Yeah, it's controlling the Pokemon and overwriting their base instincts. Yeah, some kind of frequency that is affecting just one type of Pokemon. For reasons, this would be part of the story. It can't be the story is the thing, because yeah. you're not doing this the whole way through. Granted, we've said like you're going to do at least one of these essentially mm -hmm. built in. So I think each story path, therefore, is going to have to have some kind of tangible connection to ongoing things that gets woven together. Mm -hmm. And throughout the game, when you encounter rivals, we just say, ah, this rival has dealt with that situation. Yes. And sometimes the rivals need your help. These encounters are, you're in an area, or you're just traveling, and you've got some kind of objective marker in some fashion. The, the professor has told you to go the here. The professor sends you out on an errand. To say, like, here are some key areas I'd like you to research Pokemon. I'd like you to research Pokemon everywhere, but here are some key areas to look at for mm. reasons that, I don't know. Yeah, and then you get there and there is this strange thing happening. Yeah, and that involves you catching and or battling a large number of Pokemon within a time limit, and towards the end of that, there is some kind of boss Pokemon akin to Alphas, Titans, yeah. etc. Do we need a new word for big? Because <laughs> Pokemon loves just adding a new word instead of saying, actually, this is basically the same thing again. Well, that's the thing, is it is just the same thing again, just with a slightly different cause. Mm. I don't know, like... I... If we're to reuse one of the terms, which term would we reuse? Alpha, I think. You think? Yeah. I think if we do that, though, we also have the Professor point out, this is similar to phenomenon seen in other regions, such as Titan Pokemon in Paldea, yeah, yeah. and so on, and just have it be canonized, and the Professor points out, yeah, it's basically the same thing as the totems in Alola. Yeah, it happens in other places, yeah. it just has slightly different root causes. The Alphas in particular, though, were said to be enraged in some kind of frenzy. That's why I'm thinking that's probably yeah. the most similar. Yeah. Another thing is, I'm thinking late in the game, or post-game, or whatever, you should be able to re-challenge these, which you yeah. can do with the team star bases. You collect them, and if you want to redo them later, you can reactivate them. But is that kind of evil in and of itself? Don't worry about it. Well, I will. Like <laughs> can't be in any way harmful to the Pokemon. No, I don't think it is. It's luring them, it's drawing them in, mm -hmm. and I don't think they're necessarily doing anything wrong in and of itself, it's just their presence essentially causes a problem. Yeah, that's how I was thinking about it. Yeah, like apart said, from the big boss one, which is angry. Yes, that one is kind of an issue. Yes. There's too many water in the canals, or there's too many... <laughs> <laughs> there's too many... There's somebody, many. somebody help! There's too many water in the canals! What do we do? <laughs> there's too many water Pokemon in the canals. Is this the same catch as many Pokemon every time? Or do we want to include things like, in this circumstance, catch the biggest one? I think that's part of doing the Pokedex itself. Mm. I think completing the Pokedex itself involves doing some of those missions like in Legends Arceus. Yes. I think like you get a rating for each Pokedex page. So like say it's out of three stars and one yeah. star is just catch the Pokemon. Yeah. Like classic Pokedex completion. And you can do that, but you can increase and improve each Pokemon's Pokedex page by okay. doing some of these little challenges challenges okay, that you yeah, get in Lekazakius. Perfect. So you also have Pokedex stuff mm -hmm. and this is just kind of to give you a direction to move in. And I just figured out how we tie this back into the Pokedex entirely. There could be a, maybe a couple of outbreaks throughout the region because again we want it to be free roaming and everything Yeah. but any given outbreak can happen. You can go to any one but mm. once you've completed one further ones get essentially locked off. They're not happening anymore until you've made certain progress in the Pokedex. Oh, okay. So you get 10% completion in the Pokedex 
if it unlocks the next one of these. Like, yeah. and the person's like, oh, I've heard about rumblings going on at these areas again. Can you go and check one out? Yeah. And you go and do any one, and then the rest get locked off until you've completed more Pokedex. So it Perfect. still needs you to yeah. actually be so you're still, working on the yeah. Pokedex itself. So how many of these do we actually want to have then? Do we want to go for the full 20 for the types? That's a lot. Yes. These events are a lot smaller than your traditional It's true, gym. yeah. I liked where you were talking about pairing them up. I think as well, we don't necessarily have to pair up just two types. It oh, could be okay. like three types get paired up. Okay. If that's appropriate. I think, let's say there are 10 of these. Yeah. They're still slightly smaller than gyms, so... Well, if we have 20 10. types, that's that's two per one. On average. Okay, so we could have one that's just one type, and then this one is three types. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. A little and more then we variety. Can, and then we can just do it based on the flavor of what works for that given encounter as Perfect. we talk about each one in turn. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that does break up the monotony, I think. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've decided what playing the science path is going to look like, let's talk about the character who's going to set you on the science path, the Professor of Science over at the Fame Checker. Okay, so the Professor of Science. Mm -hmm. I've got an idea here that I think is fun. Since we made Professor Cedar, I'm thinking about a character that stands in contrast to him to some degree. Not entirely, mm -hmm. because there's a bunch of characters, but something different. Mm -hmm. So a character who's like super into the Pokedex, super into this research, this scientific research. Big nerd. Big nerd. Well, so my mind leaps to Professor Elm, okay. the second Professor Pokemon introduced. The idea with Professor Elm is he is so caught up in his research that he never leaves his lab, and he's very focused on that and very driven in his work. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of a character similar to Professor Elm. Mm -hmm. So someone young as well, okay. crucially, a young yeah. professor who's like, I'm going to make it big, I'm going to do this. In contrast to Professor Elm, who never leaves his lab, I'm thinking this professor is out and about all the time, constantly <laughs> in the field doing research. It's never in the lab. But still super hyper-focused mm -hmm. to the point that they kind of forget about the world around them whilst they're in the middle of research. <laughs> I'm thinking this professor is someone who would walk off a cliff without noticing because oh. they were following some beetles that were walking along if someone else doesn't catch them. This is a professor who's getting swallowed by some giant monster Pokemon. <laughs> and it's just like, fascinating. Look at the shape of their molars. Yeah. Not like super excitable or hyperactive. Still kind of mellow and calm. Just very intent on the details. Just I shutting think. out the world around them to focus on, yeah, the details, the tiny little things. Yeah. And get really excited about the research yeah, and the things yeah, they're learning yeah. and everything. And that's great and that's fun. But that feels like it would be too similar to Cedar in that way. Because Cedar yeah. is very excitable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not as in the field research because that's harder to do with history. Absent-minded. It's the absent-minded professor, which is the title for the original film that Flubber was a remake of. <laughs> Oh yes, I've got this to do, but I'm currently, you know, in the Sahara Desert doing this, but I'm supposed to be at home having tea. Oops. You can have little encounters throughout the story, regardless of what path you're on. Yeah. Where you save them from some minor mishap. Yeah. Maybe sometimes you find them just at the bottom of a cave and it's like, oh, I was just exploring. I, I don't remember how I got here. I walked oh, into this cave without using flash. Sir. Sir? I don't know. I'm thinking lady. Yeah. I'm thinking ma'am. I'm thinking this is a young woman. Ma'am? Visually, in my mind, she looks like... Like Moon Girl. Okay. The Marvel character, Black Woman, uh -huh. with like curly or bushy hair that's been put up. Space buns. Kinda. Or maybe just one. Just one. Maybe sure. one, yeah. maybe two. But buns. Love the big round buns. Yeah. Very cute. You know, except for like a couple of strands sticking out here. Yeah, and there. like it's definitely just pulled back to get yeah. out of face. Yes, so you can focus. That's my pitch for the professor. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I think she's great. The shot in the Gravity Falls opening titles where Mabel, Dipper, and Stan are looking very intently at a footprint, and then the camera pulls out and reveals they're inside a giant footprint already. Mm -hmm. She's so focused on the little things, she's going to miss some of the big 
big things. Mm, miss the forest for the trees. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, the yeah. The, that's the saying. <laughs> yes. I love her. What's her name? Tree. Tree. <laughs> Who's that tree? Something that comes to mind because you were talking about the round fluffy bun. Mm-hmm. Hydrangeas. Most are shrubs, but some are small trees. Mm-hmm. Are there specific ones on trees that have specific names? I wonder. I have a couple other suggestions as well. Yeah, let's hear a few options. Then. Okay, I'm getting very flowery vibes, specifically clumps of flowers, where there are lots of little tiny flowers that make up a larger shape because you're going to get focused on those tiny details. The two that come to mind are wisteria and lilacs. What about poplar? Okay. What's a poplar tree look like? I was looking at trees native to Italy because I really liked how we had cedar because we realized there are cedar trees in the Alps specifically and that was a Mm. fun tie-in for him. Oh right, because he's climbing the mountain. Climbing the mountain, of course. I looked up trees in Italy and poplar was a name that really jumped out at me. I'm very drawn to that flowery detail of a lot of little things making up a larger thing. I feel like that's very in line with this character. So if poplar trees are like that too, I'm cool with that. I just like the sound of it. Yeah. Professor Poplar shows up and challenges you to a Poplar quiz! So now that we've got that story branch more or less figured out, and we have a professor for that branch as well, I think it's time for Who's That Pokemon? So we've got a lot of our early game established work done now. So for now, I'm going to try and start filling in our new types a little bit more. Awesome. We, we need more than average for our new types, I think, just to make up some time. I've been thinking a little bit more about the wind type, because this is the type I really want to push for. I want to think about different ways we can represent wind and a cute little fun way that I thought, since we've also got the music terminology tying into our locations and our cities. Woodwind? Or just wind instruments, a variety. Yeah. Both woodwind and like brass and yeah, wind <laughs> instruments. So I've been looking at wind instruments That's really to play fun. into that. There is one very particular wind instrument, an ancient Roman wind instrument. Oh. It's Italian now. The cornu, which is the same word essentially as the beginning of cornucopia. It's just Latin for horn. It's a horn. It's just Latin for horn. It's a but, horn. But the cornu is a very specific kind of horn and I don't think you're prepared to see this. Is it a curly ram's horn? It's going to be. Spoilers. <laughs> but. What? <laughs> have a look at a cornu, listeners. It's very long, very thin and curled around. It's full circle. It's a big old thing. <laughs> it's, it comes all the way around. That's a 360 horn. Here it is in some oldie arty. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it was used by the Roman army for communicating orders to troops in battle. Oh. And so then I'm thinking about, yes, how do we incorporate this with a Pokemon? And something we want to see more of in Pokemon already is Pokemon taking advantage of how many cool animals there are with really cool curly horns and all kinds of different yeah. horns. So yes, I'm thinking about a ram, but I'm not just thinking about any ram. I'm thinking about a very specific ram that also is going to tie back into Italy. This is going to be one of our most Italian Pokemon. I'm thinking about the Marco Polo sheep. Okay. The Marco Polo sheep, which isn't actually from Italy in and of itself, but you can already see what the Italian connection is. They're from Central Asia and they're so named after Marco Polo because one of the first written accounts of them was (laughs) by Marco Polo in the travels of Marco Polo. It's just a really big sheep. Oh, look at those horns. Look at those big curly horns that could be cornus. Yeah. Look how big this thing is. That was big. It's such a big sheep with big horns and they're curly. Yeah. So I'm thinking pure wind types. We need some monotype wind and astro Pokemon as well. Yeah. So I'm thinking a line of mono wind, Marco Polo, cornu, horned sheep. That's my pitch. Yeah. (laughs) Evolution. Yeah. Is it one stage? Is it multiple? To go from little trumpet horns to big cornu horns? Two stages? I feel like this is a two stage situation. Sure. Some sort of lamb and then sheep. (laughs) What if? Oh, it's French though. 
<laughs> What's French? The French horn. Why do you want to bring in the French horn? Because what if the smaller one has the corny horns? <laughs> and then when it evolves, the horns are they're even bigger and a little bit more complicated. I do like that idea. One that's interesting because lamb with horns is not typical, but I like this idea that actually its horns are comically large for its size. Yeah. To begin with. I mean, it doesn't have to be a specifically Italian instrument for the evolution. It, we can absolutely just have it be a quote-unquote evolved thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, it has roots in that, and that's where it is originally coming from, but it is allowed to branch out and be slightly different things as well. Rather than go, like, for a very specific and more modern one, though, I think I'd rather go for more general and classical kind of thing. Okay. Do you have, like, a specific example, or do you just big brown horn? The natural horn is a musical instrument that is predestined to the modern-day French horn, hmm. differentiated by its lack of valves, and that's still bigger and rounder and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, French horn was also something that I was thinking, at least in the, sh the shape. We probably don't need to go super specific. It starts out more like the corner, which is very thin and simplistic and becomes bigger and fancier. So we start out with smaller lamb with still comically large horns. I do enjoy that, yeah. And become bigger and bulkier. And then the horns, smaller relative to the body, mm -hmm. but still very big and yeah. over the top. They take more shape. Let's name some sheep. Let's name some sheep. Marco or Polo into Ovis. Mark Ovis. Markovis. Markovis evolves to Polovis. I don't hate it. And then in Pokemon World, when you're playing Marco Polo, you're called Markovis Polovis. I think I would appreciate a touch more of the horn aspect of that's the name. That's fair. That is like the major that's the, the design whole thing. element. Yeah. I don't hate Marco something evolving into Polo something. I quite like that, actually. Markornu. Yeah, Markornu. Or you could also just shorten it to Markorn. Markorn? Because corn is the same as unicorn, right? Mm-hmm. Markurl, curly. That's fun. I like that because that would be the baby one. Mm -hmm. And they would have curly fuzzy wool as well. Mm. Mark so, curl. Curl lamb. Abandoning the Marco part entirely at mm. that point. But curl lamb. It's, it's curly lamb. I do like curl lamb. Lamb has not been used in a Pokemon name. Really? Think about the sheep Pokemon. Huh. Mareep. Yeah. Wooloo. Wooloo. Skiddo if you want to count that. Yeah. Yeah. Curl lamb. Curl lamb. And then, okay, I haven't quite got there yet, but what if curl becomes swirl? Okay. It's a rhyme and it's not even spelled the same, but it's a rhyme to with a similar meaning. Yeah. Curl and swirl. I, yeah, and I and like that because it, it yeah. becomes like full circle and then like swirl the, and, the way yeah. that you, like part of the way we're making the horn bigger is this like make sure there's a very clear spiral pattern yes, to it. Yes, 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 yes. Swirlorn. It's like forlorn. I don't hate it. Especially when you're breeding in a personality. Yeah. And it's just swirling horn. <laughs> Curl, lamb, swirlorn. We you, can still you, have... You brought in another element which I enjoy. <laughs> give that, give that Pokemon a personality and in this case it's sad. It's a little sad cheap now because it's you know in italy instead of the himalayas <laughs> it's a little forlorn because it's just got the heaviest horns forlorn could also be a thing forlorn yeah i like the swirl though oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. and also it's well not fur but yeah a lot yeah, of things yeah. but yeah 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 curl lamb evolves into swirlorn okay do we have children in a pool somewhere in a region yelling curl lamb swirlorn I, I think we've lost that aspect oh, here okay but that doesn't mean we can't have more Marco Polo references later. True. So no. I do think that that's a very fun... Yes, doing some kind of Marco Polo thing. Because, like, again, we want to bring in a lot of famous Italian people, such yeah. as Da Vinci. Yeah. 
I'm sure there are other animals we can tie into Marco Polo in some yeah, way that are going to work for us a bit more. Yeah, he did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. One of those guys. One of those guys. Like Da Vinci. Da Vinci? Da Vinci, who also did things. It's true. Did things. Fun history fact. Marco Polo did multiple things. Colors? Like, what colors should hmm. they be? Here's the thing. A lot of times we like to have Pokemon colored matching some sort of type association. Yeah. What is the color for the wind type? Because maybe this should be kind of emblematic of it in some way. What is the color associated with flying? Blue? Sky blue. Like a sky blue. Because I am thinking this is like a cloudy white. Mm. Like, I was thinking white is probably the color of this. Is white used for another type? Normal. Normal is kind of white, gray. Mm. You say wind, and I, I think about the clouds moving across the sky on a really windy day. I think about when it's cold outside and you breathe out and there's that white puff of air. For whatever reason in my mind, I'm associated with like a kind of a blue-green. <laughs> Again, it's kind of a sky thing. Mm. I don't know. It could be white and that color. Yeah. At the very least, this Pokemon can incorporate those colors. Yeah. 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 We'll pin that down a bit more later. That blue-green color you've got there. So I was reading about the horns in particular that uh-huh. we were using as inspiration. Typically made out of bronze. You know what bronze does when it's really old and put out in the elements? I don't know. If only we'd made a Pokemon based on it already. <laughs> Patina! <laughs> yeah, it gets all patinaed and it turns that blue-green blue color. Mm. So the horns could the be horns that. The horns could be that. Let's give some a bit then. Fluffy. Yep, that's definitely a valid thing to be considering. Fluffy was more stuffle and beware, I think, where I think like it increases defense but also makes it more susceptible to fire attack. Remind me, was wind weak to fire? Wind is weak to space, fire, and ghost. You could do thick fat instead. Also, somewhat similar to Fluffy is fur coat. Mm. Is wool fur? I Technically, yeah, but it's kind of its own thing. Well, so would it fit if we gave this fur coat? Would that feel appropriate? Yeah. Yeah? Maybe fine. What does that one do? Doubles the defense stat of the Pokemon. Oh, that's pretty good. I imagine this is a pretty defensive Pokemon. There's also like some of the more like sound-based ones because, again... Yeah, I'm looking for any of those, but I cannot find any. Well, soundproof, but that's not... That's not (laughs) what we're going for. Punk rock. The toxicity ability. I don't think this sheep is particularly punk rock. Yeah. Another ability that exists is liquid voice. The signature Mm. hidden ability of the Poplio line. Are you thinking a variation on that? We made a variation last season as well, which was Venomous Vibes, which was the signature ability of Grungital and Doomital. Yeah. So, so we could do something similar to that, and we could do it where moves in the sound category become wind type, and that's particularly fitting here because there aren't going to be as many wind type moves already existing. Yeah. There might be some, but there won't be as many. I like that a That's lot. why Mega Pinsa was given Aerialate, because it becomes a bug flying Pokemon, but mm-hmm. Pinsa doesn't have any flying type moves, naturally. Yeah. So it was given Aerialate to turn normal type moves into flying type so we could yeah. still actually have flying moves. This would be fulfilling a similar function, essentially. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, new ability that's just a variant of liquid voice and venomous vibes, where sound moves become wind type. Airy voice? Is that anything? It doesn't have to have voice in the name. And mm, I think we play into the fact that we're going for an instrument approach here. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could just call it woodwind. Perfect! Woodwind instruments are a family of musical instruments within the greater category of wind instruments. Okay, what are wind instruments? The main distinction between these instruments and other wind instruments is the way in which they produce sound, or woodwinds produce sound by splitting the air blown into them on a sharp edge, such as a reed or a fipple, which is not what you would do with a horn. Yeah. So, so we shouldn't call it woodwind. But what about air horn? <laughs> It. Yeah? Yeah. Should we just call stupid. this air horn? It's stupid. Should this sheep's cry sound like an air horn instead of an actual horn? Yes. 
I think that needs to be one of his main abilities. Like, normally that feels like it would be a hidden ability, but we want to emphasize getting more wind moves, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. that could be one of its main abilities. Let's just give it a hidden ability and skip a secondary ability, I think, and that can be yeah. Fur Coat. For Curlam and Swirlorn. Swirlorn, the very sad sheep that goes bam, 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 bam. So today we have planned out the science branch for Pokemon Marble and Bronze, where you explore and try to find mysterious outbreaks of Pokemon that seem to be being affected by some external force and have one, two, or maybe even three types in common among this group and the mystery to solve in defeating the alpha Pokemon. We've also created the professor who is very intent on her research to the point where she is missing larger details for the little ones and that is Professor Poplar. And we've created two Pokemon, two new Mono winds type Pokemon, Curlam and Swirlorn, who go ba 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 <laughs> so thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network such as... Home Viewing. Green Mountain Mysteries. And the TN Rio Show. Our theme music is by Mike Freitag. You can find him on Twitter at Admiral Amara. You can also find us on Twitter at Pokemakers. And you can find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD. And I'm at Pichu. P-T-C-H-E-W. You can also check us out on the Pocket Podcast Network community Discord. Or if you'd like to send us anything else, you can send an email to fiercepodcast at gmail.com. But until next time, gotta make them all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hey y'all, come right in, make yourself comfortable, because you've found the Home for Rayred OCs. It's a podcast where I, Christina, talk with creators about their original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Characters like Atticus Flint, a planet-hopping mentor dad, Jackie Salachi, a solar punk seafaring chef, Sequinox, a season-themed magical girl squad, Sheena the Talking Cow, and a whole team of post-apocalyptic contract writers. To hear about those OCs and more, listen to us on your local podcatcher of choice, and talk to me on Twitter at WaywardOCPod. I hope you enjoy your stay!